Welcome back to the queue. It is season seven, episode five, and this episode is called Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner. Now, you might be thinking, why such a common title for an episode name, right? But it's actually very unbrand, very unpar with what we're going to be talking about. So, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? Three meals a day. It is the considered typical standard for how someone should eat to have a balanced diet, right? Well, it is very apropos for this episode because on Monday, um, I start my second job again. Now, you might be thinking, you know, why do you have a second job? Doesn't that leave, you know, no time for anything else, right? Um, Because I work a technically full-time job during the day even though I'm not considered a full-time employee. Different story altogether. Don't even want to go into that. But, so I work eight hours um, during the day, just about. And then I go and work another four um, at my second job. So, what is that like? What has that been like? Um, It's been... Good. I mean, it was only, so I started that job in March of this year, and I only did it for about two months, because obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but, so, (laughs) my second job is for a boarding school, so the year was pretty much over um, by March, and I think I had started, like, right after spring break, or right before spring break, maybe, Um, so I only did that for about two months, and then the girls graduated in May. Um, it, it's an all-girls school, so I'll say girls, uh, because those are the only students that go there. Um, but yeah, so I did that from March to the end of May when they graduated, and then we have the summer off. Um, and now we are starting back up on Monday, um, and then they have, I think, a fall break sometime in October, maybe. If not, then the next big break is in... November for Thanksgiving. They might have the fall. I think they have a fall break in October. Then I have Thanksgiving break. And then I think the next break is Christmas, which their Christmas break is longer than I think a regular school. Um, So they do Christmas break all the way through New Year's and maybe that first week of January. I don't quite remember. But it's a longer Christmas break. It's a longer holiday break that they have. But anyways, working two jobs, right? So... At the time, um, I needed extra money, as one would assume, right? If you get a second job, clearly you need more of something. Um, but yeah, so I need, I wanted some extra income, and I was like, okay, let's let's try to find a second job. Like when you work a full-time job, there are not many options for second jobs because you know your schedule is pretty bogged down. Um, especially if you work a nine to five, that kind of cuts out a lot of the hours that you have to do much of anything else already. Um, luckily for me, I don't work a nine to five, and I can kind of switch my schedule somewhat at random uh, to fit whatever I needed to fit. <clears throat> so, in working that job from March to May earlier this year, I discovered some things that needed to change for the second time around when I returned to the second job just to be able to keep myself, you know, level-headed, sane, and, you know, healthy. So before, I was working a full eight hours and then barely having about an hour in between before going to the next four-hour shift and then having about, you know, a 20 to 30 minute drive home it wasn't too bad um not even a full 30 it was more like 15 to 20 drive home and then having to have 
two hours of regular downtime um, before having to go to bed to get back up the next morning at around like six or seven to kind of do it all over again. Um, so before I was probably not taking care of myself uh, the best ways that I probably could have. And it showed a little bit at times, mostly with my eating habits. I have a weird relationship with food, I think. But again, different story for a different time. But I learned from that. And so this time around, I purposely changed my day schedule so that I had a little bit more time in between things to make sure that I did have enough time to eat and that I wasn't rushing to scarf down food before I started my shift at the other job. And, you know, it's it's been feeling good to spend less time at the day job, um, to be honest, because I just don't think it's the place for me anymore. I've been there almost... It'll be four years and two weeks, actually. And I think I've seen all I need to see. And I think I'm just, I'm ready for something different now. Um, and I remember having this conversation once with one of my exes about staying in a job too long. Um, even if it's something you do well, even if it's something you know how to do, I think a lot of people kind of get tripped up there. You know, when you spend 25, 30 years in a job, unless you are moving up the ladder, which usually only happens in corporate jobs, or some sort of, like, where you can, you know, move to management and, and have those types of opportunities, you do, you lose, I, th I think you lose something. I do think that there is something lost, and, and particularly in my field, like, a lot of the people who are admin in my field right now they used to be field workers like, like I am. They used to work with clients day to day, you know, one to one. And I think since they've become admin, they have forgotten some of the humanity that goes along with the job, some of the humaneness that should come along with being a manager. Like, especially when you've been on the ground, like when you've been on the ground floor working with the people and really understanding like what it takes to you know, keep that kind of a system going, and then you get moved up to management, I feel like you should be even more adept to be a manager, because you know what it takes to, like, you know the struggles that people go through, um, and when you don't follow through on that, or when you don't bring that insight into your management role, it just, it feels like a letdown, it feels like a letdown, like, an example, a better example, like an easier example probably to understand, because you would have to, in order to really understand how my field works, you would have to work in the field to know the kinds of things that go on in order to understand why it's such a letdown when people who used to be clinicians get moved up to management and then nothing changes. Um, you would you would need to work in the field to, uh, to really understand why that's frustrating, but I'll give you an easier example. Everyone knows that teachers get a really bad rap. They have to spend their own money for supplies. They don't have a lot of support from upper management and things like that. And it's just, it is very difficult to be a teacher, even though they do one of the most humbling jobs ever. They are literally educating, you know, the future <laughs> of the world. They are, they are educating the people, quite literally. And it would be like if you were a teacher and one of your fellow teachers decided you know what i have more experience i have a little bit more you know i want to do more than just teach i want to be able to really you know impact some good change right and so they decide to go for a vice principal position or a principal position or someone on the board of education's position or something like that and they get the position right and you're thinking you know what yes there is going to be someone in upper management who understands what it is like to be a teacher with limited resources trying to get the same things done with less and less amount of help, right? And this person gets in this position and they say they're going to make change and they say they're going to 
you know, support teachers and all these different, you know, programs and, and endeavors and things that would ultimately make it easier for teachers to do their job and then they don't follow through and teachers have to do the same things that they've always done or worse they have to do even more and stretch themselves thinner to make ends meet for their students and it's that kind of ideal it's the you you would expect that when someone from on the ground gets put in the tower <laughs> you know that that the person in the tower would really be able to understand what being on the ground is like and when they don't do that it is kind of discouraging and it's disheartening because it's like well what am i you know as much as i'm teaching my clients to not settle for toxic environments or not you know to hold boundaries when their values or their ethics are being tested or things like that as much as i'm teaching my clients to do that how much am i doing it you know how much am i doing it with my managers with my company with you know the agencies that i work with like all of that stuff kind of comes into play and it comes into question and you really have to take a long hard look at yourself to figure out you know what is actually happening here and am i am i actually making a difference? Am I actually doing anything to better the system? You know, like I'm trying to teach my clients how to navigate the system better. Am I actually doing my part on the other side of it to to make the system better for them to navigate? And I feel like a lot of workers do. A lot of workers do kind of go to bat for clients and we try to get things changed to make it easier or more efficient or easier to navigate. And we get as much pushback as they do. You know, so it's not, you know, all rainbows and unicorns, and it's not a pretty thing for a lot of places. And I think, you know, there are there are many changes that need to be made within the mental health field. Lots. There are plenty of changes that need to be made. And working through this pandemic has just been an incredible eye-opener as to how much change actually needs to be made like i knew there i knew there were changes that needed to be made but i didn't know how how deep the well ran kind of um until the pandemic and it's probably just focused on like my agency just did a really bad job with it i think but being being held to a standard and I'm going to clarify that when I say that, I mean, in a, in the state that in the state that things were, in the context of the situation of the whole world experiencing a public health crisis and a pandemic, and people dealing with all of this loss of various things, being held to the same standard that we were held to pre-COVID seemed a bit unfair um and not only unfair unrealistic because it it i don't know it just didn't it doesn't make sense to me that you would expect me to still do my job the same exact way the same exact way with no tweaks no accommodations no nothing when the whole world is experiencing this this period of loss and grief and mourning and I'm included in that, you know, just because I'm somebody who holds space for other people does not mean that I myself don't need space held for the same types of things. Um, you know, when I leave the office, I like I have my own stuff to deal with when I leave the office that is also affected by, you know, global happenings per se. So it just felt like after a while, that part of it wasn't getting uh, recognized that beyond the job that I am also a person who is dealing with losses from the pandemic or, you know, drastically changed circumstances from the pandemic. And so it's it's just been very interesting to see how different agencies have stepped up for their employees and they've really like rallied behind
you know, changing their systems to make things better for their workers and to see companies that haven't. And, you know, you see people talking about, you know, the mass resignations and things like that. And I think it's it's just very indicative of the company culture and what's happening within the walls that people don't always see. But yeah, so I needed some extra income, so I went and found a second job because I needed to do what I needed to do. And so I went and did it. And also having the second job has also opened me up a lot to just not, you know, when like again, when you do something for so long, you can kind of get pigeonholed in your mind about like that's the only way that you're allowed to think or that's the only way that you're allowed to operate and being able to do something else and kind of switch off from you know your typical like eight hour norm it's 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 so it's such a good feeling it's such a good feeling if you if you haven't experienced it like I I implore you to try you know if you're the person who just goes to work and come home, like, I implore you to try something different. It could just be, you know, watching a different kind of TV show than you normally do or playing a board game or something like that if you're not, you know, do something different. Just do something different and work your mind in a different way and I guarantee you, you will experience something you've never experienced before and it will be a good feeling. Because, you know, the <laughs> doing the work that I do, while I love what I do, it is very emotionally taxing to do it. And so it is imperative for anyone that does the type of job that I do or any helping profession really to have outlets. And I do mean outlets, multiple, plural, with an S on the end of it, because there's just so much stuff sometimes that we come across and that we deal with in our day to day that we may not be able to get it all out in one place. Or maybe we purposely need multiple places to unload some of that stuff. So, have outlets, you know, I went on a video game kick for a minute after I built my computer and like that was really fulfilling and satisfying and that was kind of getting me back into this inner child play area that I felt like I was missing because I, I did used to be really into video games before and I think once I got into like high school, maybe like middle of high school, um, all the way through college, I didn't really play as much anymore, and it was just very, things were just very serious all the time, very kind of no-nonsense, and there was an element of play and kind of fun that was missing, and then I got back into dance in college, and then that was my element of fun and things, and so, you know, always having that sort of outlet was always very helpful for me, and, you know, they, I think that's one of the things that people have been saying, it's been coming up a lot, where people have been saying that getting back to this idea of play and fun and just doing things just to do them. Um, you don't need to make it, um, you know, it doesn't need to be a business venture. It doesn't need to be lucrative in any way. You don't need to gain anything from it, but just like the, sh the sheer satisfaction of doing it. I think a lot of us now are in a place where you know, multiple streams of income are just like the norm now. Like you have three jobs or, you know, you have a regular job and then you come home and stream or you come home and, and you know, make products or whatever you're doing. Like there's always something kind of going on. And I think a lot of that is great because, you know, we got to do what we got to do and pay bills. But a lot of it just becomes like everything becomes work. And you miss out on a lot of other stuff that's, that's supposed to just be fun. Like, it's not supposed to be work. You're not supposed to be worried about a grade or money or anything. Like, it's strictly just to be, like, uninhibited for the moment and just let go a little bit and, like, you know, just enjoy what's happening. Like, you don't have to think about, you know, is it going to make you enough money to do this? Is it going to give you, you know, some you know, free publicity for the next thing, like, just, just enjoy it, just, just be in the moment, and do what you're doing, and, like, stop worrying about everything else, now, I do realize that that is somewhat of a double-edged sword there, because, you know, the cost of living has gone up, there's inflation, and things like that, and so it is harder to live, and, you know, 
it's not, um, you know, it's not good advice to not worry about your stuff. But like at some point, you certain things you just can't control. Like you're you're not going to be able to do anything about it. And so <clears throat> when you have those moments to just kind of shut your mind off for a little bit, it's probably better to just shut your mind off for a little bit. Because if you're constantly in that state of worry, like, you're going to be worrying yourself over nothing. Because you can't control it anyway. So you're just going to work yourself up over something that can't be fixed. And, or can't be dealt with, like, in that set moment. But, yeah. But I, I enjoy having a lot to do. I enjoy having, you know, kind of a packed schedule. It keeps me focused, um, and it allows me to practice my transition skills, uh, both mentally and physically. So typically, I am a pretty good hands-on learner most of the time, and I just need somebody to show me how to do something, maybe once or twice, and then I usually I have it. Like I pick up very quickly, and being able to <coughs> transition. Being able to transition well is actually a skill that I'm finding a lot of people lack, which is weird to me because we transition all the time. And maybe it's become one of those things that's so uh, involuntary now that we kind of miss the mark on it. But I like being able to kind of have that time to switch, almost like switch over. So... I'm trying to think of a good analogy for it because, you know, if you've been listening long enough, you know I like my analogies. One's not coming to mind right now, but I'm sure it will later. But the idea is that, you know, if you're going to be, let's say, a lawyer by day and a cook by night, you kind of got to do some mental switching there. You got to do some mental transitioning because I'm sure not all the rules and regulations that apply in a courtroom or a law firm are going to transition well to cooking and, and vice versa. So being able to kind of click over, so to speak, is a really helpful skill that I think a lot of people take for granted. And what I like about my second job is that it is very low-key. It's very laid back. It's not formal at all versus my day job where it is very formal like compared to the second job it's more formal than that and being able to again just kind of have that space where I can you know let not let my guard down but like I can't think of another way to frame it right now but just you know being able to let go and just loosen up a bit um in a different space where it's allowed and I can just be chill and, you know, even when there's, like, issues or things that need to be addressed, it's still a very, like, chill way to address them. Like, we try to address things in a very chill way. Um, we usually don't, you know, try to make anything bigger than what it is. So, yeah, I like having that transition space because when you do, again, when you do any type of helping profession work, it's a lot. Like, sometimes people, you know, sometimes you just can't get stuff out of your head and you, you bring cases home with you. And, and what I mean is, I mean that emotionally. Like, you, you just carry those feelings, you carry those stories. And sometimes you just need a place to kind of put them down. And, and you need a place to put them down and to kind of, like, get back to your, your core. And, like, get back to your inner self where, you know, you're not carrying around all this other weight and things like that. So, yeah, that's that's what my second job allows me to do. It allows me to let go a little bit, allows me to have some fun, and because I work with kids at my second job, um, it, it keeps me in check a little bit about, like, my, <laughs> my touch with reality, because I haven't been in a school, like, for myself. I haven't been learning something education-wise in the past, like, five years or so. Like, I graduated grad school in 2018. It's It's been four years, going on five. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I recognize that I'm out of touch. Maybe not as out of touch as, like, you know, 
a parent or grandparent might be, but I do recognize that there are just things I don't understand anymore about adolescent life and and high school and teenagers in general. Um, and it's weird to me now because it makes me feel like one of those old people that I was just like, you just don't understand when I was a teenager. And it's a very weird cycle that happens that you realize. But, you know, I... I don't know. It's just I I understand that I I don't know anything about the way that teenagers today have to live, um, and that humbles me. That like I'm grateful to be able to be self-aware enough to know that because it gives me the opportunity to learn more from my kids, and like it's a great experience because again you allow them the freedom to kind of tell you, you know what the rules are and, and how things work as far as like like a teenager's world and, and that perspective and how things might get uh, processed. And you learn a lot about the way that kids think. And, and it's, it's a great thing. If you've never had a kid tell you how, <laughs> how something works socially, um, ask, ask, ask any kid that you know, um, you know, what it means to come to school wearing the wrong t-shirt or to have the wrong group of friends or anything like that where you think it might be inconsequential or might be insignificant or might be so small to you that you're just like, why would anybody care what you're wearing? You know, but like ask a teenager what that actually means to be, you know, to live their experience as a child dealing with other children who learn their behavior from other adults. And, you know, You'll be interesting at the cycle that unfolds, but not everybody looks at it that deeply, I understand. And maybe I only look at it that deeply because of what I do in my day job and working in mental health. And, like, basically, I, I attempt to understand people's behavior for a living. And so I kind of do that everywhere else as well. Um, I don't do it in the same ways everywhere else when I'm not working, but it is always the question of why someone does something or why someone acts the way they act is kind of always in the back of my head. Now, that's not to say that I'm psychoanalyzing people every single day or every second of my day when I'm not at work because I'm not. I hate to, to do that, um, which is why I rarely tell people what I do because the first, their first question almost or one of the first three questions they'll usually ask after that's known is, are you psychoanalyzing me right now? And I'm just like, no, like, first off, even if I was, like, I don't get paid enough. Like, some people just have too many problems, and you know that as soon as they open their mouths, and you're just like, mm, not my monkey, not my circus kind of thing. So, <laughs> like, I would hate to have to be your therapist, to be honest. Like, you have, you have too much going on, and you don't even see it. Like, most of the time, it's just like, no, I'm not your therapist. I don't aspire to be your therapist. Like, if you want a therapist, I can help you find one. Like, but that's not going to be my job unless you're going to pay me. And even then, you couldn't pay me enough. Um, I tell that I tell that to my best friend all the time. He always wants free therapy advice, which is funny. Um, and I always tell him, I'm like, unless you want a bill, <laughs> I can help you find your own therapist. Um, but yeah, so kind of got sidetracked back to the two jobs and my routine of it all. Again, I am a very hands-on person, kind of person when I'm learning things. So, but I'm also a very visual person as well. And that is where my planner comes in. I used to live by my planner in college. It was my best friend. It never left my side. And if I showed you a planner from, you know, years back, you would be amazed at how I kept everything straight. There were color coding systems. There were there were star systems. There were pencil systems and pen systems and so many things that went into uh, that planner. And I have a planner currently. I don't use it as much as I would really like to, which I I'm going to have to get back into that before Monday or like over the next week just seeing how things play out and what my schedule actually is going to look like um, consistently but 
yeah. I mean, I feel like if I were a YouTuber and I was making a get ready with me or a day in the life kind of video, it would literally just be a video of me showing you what my planner looks like and doing voiceover of like what all the things in my planner means and how I have it set up kind of thing. And it's an interesting task to look at my calendar sometimes. So I, I've gotten to the place in my life where I have to do double duty with things. Because sometimes, even if I write it down, like, yeah, the muscle memory's there. But sometimes I'll still forget if I don't actually look at my planner for like a day or two. Because I don't look at it every day. I probably should, but I don't. And I don't like the pocket planners. Or like the super compact ones like although they are great for just putting in your bag and going they're never big enough because I sometimes I always have just so much going on those little the little squares that are in the pocket ones they're just not big enough and I need more space so I tend to buy like a notebook size planner usually each time so that I have enough space to kind of write everything I want in there without it all looking cramped and jumbled and looking chaotic like even though that's what a planner is for, is to put everything in there, I still need it to look organized. Because if my planner looks chaotic, I'm still going to feel the chaos of everything. And being able to structure my planner in a way where it is a lot of stuff, but still looks organized and, you know, easy to read, that's very important to me. It may sound like a very nerdy thing to do, but it is so important to have a organized planner, not just a packed one. Because it, it makes a world of difference. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm just like being, you know, super anal about it. But it works. It's a system that works for me. And I continue to use it because it works. So I also use the calendar on my phone as like a backup, so to speak. And the good thing, I, I used to not like doing the digital calendar because... At one point, I had an Outlook calendar, my regular Google calendar, and the planner. And I didn't, although I can sync the Google calendar and the Outlook one, I just, I don't know. I didn't like it. I like for everything to be in one place where I can see all of my stuff at once. I don't like to have to go searching for things if I don't, if I don't need to. So I stopped using the Outlook one. I strictly use the Google Calendar now, and what I like about that is that I can color code. I mean, I could color code in the Outlook one, but I like the Google one better because it is more accessible on my phone. But I can color code things. So, like, anything in green is, like, something that has to do with money, so it's probably a bill or something like that or something I have to pay. Um, anything in, like, purple or yellow is like a personal thing it's like a social kind of thing um yellow is my favorite color and purple is the color of my sexuality flag or like it's the base color for my sexuality flag so i use that for like any social kind of outings or what have you blue is the default color for the calendar that is set up so if it's something that i need to remember but it's not quite super important it just stays as the default color um, red are things like it's urgent, so if anything's marked in red, it means I definitely need to have something taken care of by that day. It's kind of like a last call, a uh, visual thing for me to be like, oh, okay, that's in red, let me make sure I took care of that before this date, blah, blah, blah. And anything else? Even if it's like a miscellaneous thing, I, I tend to just leave it as the, the default blue because nine times out of ten, I don't have very many miscellaneous items that go on my calendar, so it's probably just something that's lower on the importance list of things, so it can just stay blue. And like because of all the other colors already on the calendar, the blues do still stand out, so I do still remember to look at them. It's not just like, it stays as the default blue and then I forget about it. Because I color code everything else, if there is like a lot of blue on my calendar for, for a week for some reason, I can go, what is all this blue? And, you know, maybe I need to recategorize some of these things as more important because there shouldn't be this much blue for the week or whatever. 
So it's really helpful for me. I like to color code things, and it's it's helpful. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people they don't like planner living because they can't take the time to sit down and write stuff out, and then what if something changes? Then you have to cross something out, and blah blah blah. And so like again, having this, there's a whole system. So like if it's something that isn't fixed, like if it's something that's not going to stay the same, it usually gets written in pencil. That way, if it does change, I can just erase it. I don't need to worry about crossing it out and making the box look all crazy. If it's something that is permanent and fixed, it usually gets written in pen. Simple, right? If it's something that I thought was going to be permanent, and then it ends up not being permanent, and it does change, then just a line goes through it to signify that it's no longer something I need to concern myself with. And... Again, there are not many of those, so there's not many times where I have something that I think is going to be a recurring thing on my calendar or a permanent thing on my calendar, and then it gets, you know, axed or canceled or it doesn't apply to me anymore. There's not very many of those situations. But, yes. So, having a planner definitely helps me to keep everything in check because when I do have free time, there are, like, one of, like three things that I like to do. One is eat, one is sleep, and the other one is doing something mindless. And you might think that eating and sleeping are mindless, but they're not, they're purposeful, right? I need to eat to live, unfortunately. And I need to sleep to live, unfortunately. Although I do like my sleep. I do like my sleep and I like my food. But if I didn't have to eat, I wouldn't. That's another conversation for another time as well. Because I'm sure a lot of you just went, what? <laughs> but, when I have too much free time on my hands, I tend to get in these weird ruts. And I don't know if it's because I'm not actively using my brain for something that I'm just like, what? And I'm just this blob. Or if it's just like, I really struggle with having free time because I'm so used to being busy. Um, my mom, when I was younger, she always kind of kept me in a lot of activities. So I was used to doing a bunch of stuff. And then when I got into college, I did college full-time, I had a work-study job, and I was in clubs and things. So, like, again, busy. And then when I got out of school, I had one job when I got out of school. And when I got out of undergrad, excuse me, let me clarify. When I got out of undergrad and I found a job, I had one job. And it was a night job at that. So I had all day to do absolutely nothing and most of the time I slept all day until I had to get up and I mean it was great because I got to sleep as I, I hadn't done much sleeping all through undergrad um so like one could say I you know I got to do a little catch up there but I got bored of that after a while and it bothered me that I wasn't doing anything with my time and so then I started yoga, and I got really into yoga for a while, which I need to get back to. I feel like I've said that a few times. I need to really, I do really need to get back to it. Because it gave me something to do. Like, it was slow enough that I could, you know, have, like, my meditation time, but it was active enough that my body was moving, so I didn't feel like blob kind of feeling. Um, yoga is great. If you've never tried it, you should. There's plenty of videos on YouTube. Um, so yeah, so I got into that. And then when I decided to go to grad school, I had to do like this, I don't want to say it was a major shift, but I had to change a lot of things. So I went from working one job to technically working three, although one of those jobs was my internship, which I didn't get paid for, but I, I ended up having to work more hours the first internship that I did because of some paperwork mishaps. So I was at my internship almost on like a full-time basis and working my other two jobs alongside of that. So I did a lot. And then I still had other obligations that, you know, I had committed to for church and things when I still lived in Jersey. So there was a lot going on. I had a lot going on. And then, of course, you know, trying to stay in touch with friends and do social things. And I just, I didn't have time for a lot. 
Um, and then when I moved, and I was living on my own, again, I went back to working one job. And I was only working Monday through Friday. And I was used to working Sunday to Sunday, basically. And it was weird. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with myself. And I started, you know, and being in a new state, I didn't know many people. And I started just sleeping through my weekends, and that was not good. So I ended up joining a game group and did that for a little bit, and then things at work picked up, and then I started working more, so less time at the game group, and, you know, so on and so forth. And there were just many things that when you when, when I have too much time, right, like they say, idle hands, when I have too much time, I tend to get in, get into a mindset of, like, I don't give a fuck, so I don't. Um, like, if I'm not actively focused on anything, I will literally not actively focus on anything. Um, and it takes me a minute to transition back into, you know, that productivity mode where I'm just like, alright, let's get things done. And I think, again, part of that is because when I'm in the productivity mode and I'm, you know, in hustle mode and grind mode and I'm just doing things and getting them done and knocking them off the list... When you do that for so long, again, you, you get in this autopilot kind of thing where you just do it and do it and do it and do it and do it, and there's not always that same sense of enjoyment anymore. And then when you have downtime, you just, you just, you, you crash. Like, you definitely bottom out because you were just so used to being on all the time that when you have to be off or you can't be on for whatever reason, it's really hard to... It's 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 hard enough to turn off when when you want to, but when you need to turn off, like it's like I had to learn that it's okay to not have anything to do. Like it's okay to just sit and kind of veg out a little bit, and and be a little bit of a couch potato. Like is it great to do that all the time? No, but like you do need proper downtime for things. You can't just live your life going from one thing to the next to the next to the next to the next and not having any time to transition in between. And so, again, what I learned from having the second job the first time around and having that schedule, even though it was only for two months, I learned that I need more time for self-care. I need more downtime in between. I need more time for transition. I need more time for, you know, play or social things or speaking to another adult. Because when you work with kids, you kind of, you, you, I don't want to use the word regress, but you regress a little bit because you're so used to just talking in kid language that you a little bit forget how to talk to adults. And so it's helpful to have adult interaction every now and again as well because it, it brings you back to, <laughs> to the present and the reality that you are an adult and that you're you have a different level of understanding and, and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, lots of things are going to be happening going into this next week and getting back into the swing of things. And I also picked up an extra day um, at the second job, so that's going to be interesting. I used to only work two days a week there and uh, some of the weekends. Now I'm going to be working three days a week there and whatever weekends they schedule me for. Um, I do have a lot of weekends that I hopefully will not be working because they like asked everybody to like put in the weekends they wanted off for whatever reasons. So there's a couple of weekends, at least in the first like month or two, um, that I won't be working during the second job. But I am still trying to kind of you know, hone in on my travel commitment to myself as well for the rest of the year. So if I am able to get more, like, out-of-town type of experiences under my belt before the snow hits, like, that would be great. Um, if you are new here, my travel rule is that I can and probably will go almost anywhere until snow, until first snowfall, pretty much. And then 
as soon as it snows, like I'm I'm done with traveling because I do not like driving in the snow. I do not <laughs> I do not it's not my thing. Um and my car's not bad in the snow. Um it actually does a lot better in the snow than I expect it to do. But it's not a truck and it doesn't have all wheel drive and it doesn't have terrain matching capabilities like Jeeps do or anything like that. Like so I prefer not to go many places when it starts to snow, except the places I have to go, which is usually work, the gas station, and grocery stores, which is kind of what I do now. I just go to work, get gas, and get groceries when I need them. So, yeah, it's, you know, I'm a woman of simple means, and I like to be at home, and I like to be party of one lots of times because I just I don't I don't have time for the drama and the noise and the the loudness I just I don't like the bar has never been my scene I can do a club for maybe a couple of hours but it's literally just for the dancing like I don't go I never go anywhere to drink I can if I want to drink I can drink at home and even then I don't drink much of anything. I drink one type of alcohol and one type of alcohol only, and there's two brands that I like of it. Everything else is suspect. Uh, <laughs> um, um, yeah, so I'm not that kind of person. I'm not a socialite. I'm not a butterfly. I am not a party person. I am literally just, I'm at home. I have good food. Leave me alone. I'm watching my shows kind of person. But I do, I mean, every now and again, I do like to get out and do something fun, like go to an amusement park or go to a museum or, you know, travel, go someplace new and ham it up with the locals for a bit. Like, I do like to do fun things. It's just a matter of how long I'm going to be out and what my social meter looks like. Because my cousin made fun of me one time when I told her that we were at a family gathering and it had been like two hours and I was like all right I think I'm gonna go home now and she was like what I was like yeah I'm gonna go home it's been about two hours she's like what does that mean I was like well I'm kind of feeling like I need to like I've, I've been out too long like I need to go and spend some time by myself and recharge and do some stuff I want to do and not feel beholden to the fact that this is a family gathering and she was just like are you serious like two hours and, and you're gonna go? And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, she couldn't understand it at first. And then I think we had another family gathering, like, I don't know, maybe a couple months or something after that. And like the same thing, like I came, spoke to everybody, two hours went by and I was like, right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna head out. And she was like, you were not kidding about this two hour thing. I was like, no, I was not. <laughs> I was not at all. Um, I've, I am very much aware of my own limits with social interaction and I stick to them <laughs> because they work for me. I do not usually, you know, overextend myself if I don't have to. Now, if I'm having a good time, of course, like it's not just, it's not a strict two hours, like on the dot every single time. If I'm having a good time, sure, I may stay a little bit longer, but I do try to take into account that if I'm driving myself, that I need to have energy to drive home and if I'm driving at night, that might be more energy that I need to drive home because I do need to be alert, or more, maybe more alert than if I was driving home in the daytime. And depending on how late I'm out, if I have to work the next morning or whatever's going on, um, again, I need to have energy for all of those things. So me being able to set that boundary with myself and go, okay, if you want to get up tomorrow at 9 a.m. to, you know, go to the doctors or go to the post office or whatever it is that, you know, adults need to do from time to time. Like, you can't stay out till 4 a.m. in the morning <laughs> kind of thing. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's a time management thing that I've learned to do really well. And sometimes, like, I just want to be home, too. Like, I don't always need to be out or, like, when I'm out with people. It's like when I go shopping. I like to go 
go in the store, get what I need, and come out. I'm not dilly-dallying. I'm not spending too much time in, in, you know, looking at stuff I know I can't afford anyway. Like, I'm just going in, doing what I got to do, and come out. And that's kind of how I approach some of my social interactions. I kind of just want to go, do what I got to do, be social for the time I need to be social for. And then when it's done, I want to be left alone um, and go back to my cave kind of thing. So it's not that I can't be social. It's not that I... It's not that I don't want to be social, I just don't like to be social for long extended periods of time. And yeah, that's that's just me. I've accepted that part of myself. I'm sorry if anyone listening is like not okay with that part of myself, but it's not for you to be okay with. It's for me to be okay with, and I'm certainly, certainly okay with leaving an event early. Like, it's almost a given. Anytime I have to go do something outside of my house. Um, but yeah, so self-care, you know, knowing yourself and knowing what your limits are with social interactions or work environments or anything like that is really important because when you, not when you don't know, but like when you just keep saying, oh, I'll just stick it out, I'll just stick it out, you start to build up resentment for all the things that are associated with that, and then you start to kind of drop the ball in places. And that's how you know you're getting burnt out with a particular person or a particular, you know, space or atmosphere. Like, you just you just start not giving a fuck completely. And it's it starts to show. Um, you know, so definitely listen to yourself. Listen to your body when it's telling you, like, hey, I don't think this space is for us anymore, like, listen to that, and and be okay with stepping away from those people, or stepping away from those spaces that kind of drain you, um, because, like, everything takes a certain amount of energy, right, so it is natural to feel somewhat spent, um, but it is not natural to constantly feel spent anytime you are around a certain person, or in a certain space, like, you should not feel like overly drained every time you go out with somebody or every time you step into a particular place like so just be just be aware of that that's that's this week's q tip be aware of spaces people and things that tend to drain you way more than they should and learn to set better boundaries there if you want to keep those connections or step away if you don't if you don't feel that they're worth that energy anymore. So, yeah. I will be letting you guys know how the first couple of weeks of second job schedule went on the next episode. So definitely, if you want to hear about that, stick around. And I will catch you guys in two weeks. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend.